have you ever asked yourself, am I a bad therapist? Well, you're in the right place. I'm Allie Joy, licensed professional counselor and board certified art therapist. And I'm Katherine Escare, a clinical psychologist, and this is Am I a Bad Therapist? Join us each week for stories from behind the closed therapy door. You'll hear experiences that made us ask, am I a bad therapist? Including bloopers, jaw droppers, and other difficult moments that normalize the unique struggles of modern day therapists. This is a space with no experts, no gurus, and no hierarchies, just humans sitting in similar chairs. While we're certainly not promoting actual bad therapy, we are here to shine a light on the messy situations that therapists face on a daily basis and to normalize that mysterious gray area of clinical practice that no one wants to talk about. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Allie, we're going to hear from Emily today and this conversation, like I still have chills from because Emily shares an incredible experience that I think everyone can relate to when we start to pick up on a relational undercurrent. It's just not right. And we question ourselves, maybe even gaslight ourselves a little bit into dismissing this relational pattern in the workplace or in relationships. And then we kind of hang in there long enough to have this pattern confirmed that, oh gosh, this is a boundary violation. This is wrong. And I was right the whole time. My gut was right. Um, but then, you know, I, I don't know many people who can't relate to the fear of speaking up, right? The fear of speaking up and putting yourself in the spotlight for saying, hey, this is going on and this isn't right. So Emily shares how she goes through this at her internship. And it's an incredible story that I know it, all of our listeners are going to get something out of. Yes, it is so powerful. I am so impressed with how Emily handled it. And I feel like it will be hopefully, and I think it will be an inspiration to anyone who's listening to this, to our listeners, to students, interns, really anyone, but especially if you're an intern, this one's for you. And just a reminder that none of our episodes are a substitute for clinical consultation, ethical guidance, or therapy itself, because we don't endorse bad therapy. All right. Well, this is episode number 81 of Am I a Bad Therapist? Let's get into it.
Hi, Emily. Welcome to Am I a Bad Therapist? Hello. Thank you for having me. We are so excited to dig into your story, but before we do, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, well, as you said, my name is Emily. I have a master's degree in school psychology and also one in social work. Um, I've worked in a variety of places. Um, I also have my bachelor's in social work, so I did some work with that before going to get my master's. So I've been in inpatient units. I've been um, in schools. I've been in outpatient units um, and currently working at a private practice in uh, Denver, Colorado. Um all those experiences, but I think we're going to hear about one specific one today. So Emily, yes. tell us about an instance where you wondered if you were a bad therapist. Sure. So this was an experience I had in grad school when I was at an internship. Um, this internship was at a hospital and I was in both the inpatient and the outpatient unit. Um, and interestingly enough, I, you know, I had three um, internships throughout both of my master's degrees and all of my supervisors and our managers were men, um, which is just, you know, interesting in this field and the demographics. Um, and I point that out because, you know, my experiences all had some implicit sexism, you know, woven in there. Um, but one in particular I'm going to talk about um, happened at this hospital. So I was on a team of all men um, and you know, they, I did not feel that they respected me very much in team meetings. They wouldn't like look at me when they are talking or, or make eye contact with me. Um, my ideas would sort of be brushed off or kind of like, yeah, thanks. And then continue to talk. Um, or, you know, I was told one time that um, I'm not a real therapist, so I didn't know <laughs> what I was talking about. Um and there was a lot of that, but then there was also a lot of instances where they'd be so nice and charming and, and funny and goofy. So I kind of, this whole time, you know, throughout this uh, placement, I was like, am I being dramatic? Should I check my ego? You know, am I, is this real? You know, I, I, I just really didn't know. Um, so as I kept going on in my internship, there would be some comments um, that started happening about our patients. There would be, you know, instances of being misgendered. And if that was pointed out, it'd kind of be like, whatever. Um, and they would, you know, have, have favorite patients like, oh, you know, we, we love so-and-so. Um, and they would also refer to other people by their diagnosis. Like, oh, the one with depression, oh, the one with psychosis, whatever it is, and really dehumanize them, which was obviously awful to hear and sit through. Um, and there was really one time in particular where I was like, okay, I feel like this is too much and this is real. Um, we had a patient who had gone through a, a really serious sexual trauma um, and one of the men on the team was triggering to them because of the resemblance to the person who, you know, assaulted them. Um, and this person was only comfortable talking to me. And when I shared that with the team, there was like offense to that. You know, this person said, well, I can't do anything about them thinking I'm triggering. Maybe I should just cross dress. So, <laughs> yeah, it was just sort of. That was 
really uh, upsetting to me to hear, of course. So that was kind of the point where I was like, something's wrong here. How was that comment received? Was that shared in the treatment team? Was it just with you? What? Yeah, it was in team and, you know, they were like, oh, like it was just, you know, they thought it was funny. And I was sitting there kind of like, what is happening? I, I, I didn't say anything. I think a combination of like being scared to speak up because of the way I've been treated, um, being in shock, honestly, that a mental health provider would say something like that. Um, and yeah, I kind of just froze in that moment. Yeah, understandably so. I feel like that would feel so difficult and comfortable, like so many things racing through your mind, I can imagine. And like you shared too, like all the lead up to this of how your comments had been received. Mm-hmm. Um, were you the, do you mind me asking, were you the, were there any other females on the team or who were seeing this behavior or nurses or anyone else? There was one other female and we would talk about these things. Um, she wasn't always there when I was there. So she was not here during this moment. Um, but she also, you know, she had obviously been there longer than me because she was an employee. And at first I, I never said anything to her about these experiences because again, I was like, am I being dramatic? I'm a student. Like, you know, I'm not a therapist yet. Maybe I'm not a real therapist. Maybe I'm, you know, all these, all these questions and um, uncertainties going on through my head that I finally one day said to her like, Hey, I'm feeling really, you know, uncomfortable. And she was like, Oh my God. Yeah. Like this is real. This is what's happening. Um, And that was really relieving to me to be able to have that like camaraderie. Um, So that was very helpful. Emily, one thing that you've said twice and every time you say it, it makes my stomach just flip is like, it's real. Cause I can so relate to that when we experience the undercurrent of relational dynamics of covert, either sexism or sexual harassment. And we kind of, when we're, when we're taught not to trust our judgment, right. You're not a real therapist. I'm not going to make eye contact with you. Right. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's absolutely like it's, it's, it's validating when either that boundary line is crossed, like with that unfortunate, that awful, awful joke. Um, mm-hmm. because like you said, oh wait, this is real. This is a dynamic that I am really picking up on and here's proof of it. And I just, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't thank you enough for kind of naming that for everyone out there. I think it's a really important dynamic to pick up on internally. Like when, when you feel like something might be real, like don't question yourself. It probably is real. It is real. And talk about mm-hmm. it. Like when you went and talked to the other female colleague, like that validated that experience for you. And like you said, it was, did it change how you showed up in, at the hospital having that, that colleague or that ally? Yeah, definitely. Like it was just a relief because, you know, we were able to like look at each other during a meeting and roll our eyes or come back from a situation in, in, in our shared office and vent and, you know, just, it made it, less um heavy really mm-hmm. you know um and it, it was just really really helpful to have that and be like okay you know we're both experiencing this we can validate that like hey yes that is awful we both question ourselves and come in and be like you know you're just still questioning yeah. ourselves are we being dramatic is this really how they said it you know um so it was just you know it it allowed support both um, 
in a lighthearted way and also when we had more serious, you know, talks about it. Um, yeah, it was, it was great. And did this come up at all in your um, class? Like, because usually, you know, like if you have an internship class and you're talking about placements or things like that, did it come up at all when you were talking about it with your classmates or your professor or anything like that? Yeah, it did. I would, you know, kind of vent to classmates or in one class in particular um, where it was just really bad. It was spring quarter, so it was kind of getting towards the end of everything and everything was kind of coming to a head for me. And in that um, environment as well, I just kind of feel like I was so mad and so worked up and I didn't get that energy back from anyone that I was telling. So again, I was like, they don't like, you're not understanding. Like, again, I'm questioning myself. Like, why aren't you upset? I'm so upset. Like, why don't you see this is crazy? You know, responses would be like, oh, wow, that sounds so hard. And I'm like, yeah, it's, you know what I mean? It's really hard. Like, I wasn't getting that super angry kind of like up here energy that I thought it deserved. So it's just, again, an environment where I was like, what is happening? Is this real? This feels like a really great place to pause for an ad break. By the way, the number one support for those of us asking ourselves, am I a bad therapist? Are clinical consultation groups. If you don't have one yet, join us on the Teletherapist Network for unlimited peer consultation groups, including a lot of different specialty groups like clinicians of color, LGBTQ+, couples counseling, EMDR. And of course, Creativity in the Clinical Room hosted by me, Allie. Plus masterclasses, media leads, and everything else you need for an ethical, modern clinical practice. Join us at teletherapistnetwork.com. Hey listeners, it's Catherine here. And I'm coming to you today because Ellie's not the best at bragging on herself. And I want to remind you all that she has an incredible resource available for free at our website, cccs.care. Allie's Creative Intervention Library is full of easy interventions that even non-art therapist clinicians like me can use with clients of all ages. Every intervention has a list of materials, an entire process video where you watch Allie doing it, and a written description and steps so you can follow along at home. Plus, she even has a list of diagnoses that might find this creative intervention helpful. So if you want to access a totally free library of interventions for when you feel stuck with clients, check out Allie's website, cccs.care, and sign up for free today. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And now let's circle back to the show. Your gut is telling you this is a big deal. This is a big either what what did it feel like a boundary crossing, poor care? Like what was your gut telling you was so wrong? That's such a good question because it it felt like I think my biggest concern was just 
really my my patience at that point. Like, you know, I'm kind of like, okay, unfortunately, like, you know, this this implicit sexism is kind of, you know, it's a thing. It kind of like is what it is in at this point to me. Um, I care about the patients who are there to get help from these high acuity situations. And this is the person, these are the people who are in charge of their care. Um, and if they are treating their female colleagues this way, how are they thinking of their fe- the female patients, you know? Um, so that was really my biggest, my biggest concern. And I, I knew it was getting really bad when, you know, I would feel um, tense and I felt like I was like activated all day when I'd be there and I'd come home exhausted mm-hmm. and like my body, you know, I would come home, my body would be sore, you know, from being so tense. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, you know, mm-hmm. this is getting really, really bad. Mm-hmm. So you're saying basically, if I'm feeling this way, how are mm-hmm. the clients feeling? How are the clients able to heal in this type of environment? You used your, your counter-transference with your supervisors and with your teammates, right? To inform. Yeah. So Emily, here you are in this, you know, dynamic at a hospital where, you know, just implicit sexism and treatment and and inappropriate jokes and degrading jokes. And it really, it really raised the red flag of their judgment, their ability to provide ethical care and judgment. How did you feel like you had anywhere to speak up? How, how did you move forward with this internship? So at, at one point, I was just like, okay, I, I just need to reach out um, to my liaison, which is the person who's like my go-to for any internship related things. So I reached out to them and was like, kind of told her like, hey, this is what I've been experiencing and I'm uncomfortable and I'm worried. And immediately she was like, okay, let's get you out of there. What can I do to support you? Um, wow. Immediately. And, th- and then that was the point where I was like, I mean, I, I, I cried. I was like, wow, okay. I was so scared to reach out because of the way I had been kind of manipulated into questioning myself um, that when I told, you know, an authority figure and they were like, yes, this is awful. um, It was just so freeing. It feels like someone finally matched your level of like, this is awful. Like, even like you said, you didn't quite get it in from your peers. You got it from your colleague. But at the same time, it sounds like finally you got that, like someone's finally at that level of understanding for you, which like you said, was so relieving. So what happened after that hearing the per- they responded, they said, let's get you out. Did you end up leaving or what happened next? Yes. So I did end up being able to leave early. Um, you know, we made up some story to the supervisors about that, but you know, it was at that point where my, my female colleague were talking like, what do we do next? And she had said that, you know, this person had been reported to HR before nothing had happened. So, you know, we're discussing what can we do? Um, and, you know, we were wondering if we should report to licensing board. Um, and that was a really scary thought to do. <laughs> what was so scary about it? That's the thing, because I would still question, even though like I knew these experiences were bad and these things that are being said were bad, I felt the idea of it made me feel guilty because at the same time, this person, oh, you know, they've been so fun and friendly other times, like, you know, it, it, 
they're they're nice. Like, hey, they they brought me a coffee. They asked me good questions. They ask about my partner and my schoolwork and my family, and they show an interest in me. Like, am I betraying them by reporting mm-hmm. them? Um, that was that was my biggest, I think, hurdle was truly thinking, feeling guilty and like that I would be betraying this person. I mean, that makes so much sense too, and all of those emotions. So even with that feeling of like, am I betraying them? You know, all of those things that ran through your head, what did you decide to do if you can share? Yeah, I reported um, and it took me a while to do it because uh, again, uh, going back and forth about that, but eventually I did report and it was really cathartic to do. Um, you know, I unfortunately, I don't know what happens. I just, I sent in the report and that's kind of, where it ends for me. But like I said, that was cathartic. And it was the point where I was like, I've done all that I can do. You know, I, they teach us to be allies. I say I'm an ally and, um, you know, am I a bad therapist by not reporting? And I said, yes, you know, um, I, I gotta, I gotta, uh, walk the walk as well. Right. So reporting was my way of being an ally and, you know, standing up for those patients um, and knowing that was the most that I can do. And I did it. I have goosebumps over my whole body hearing you say that. That is so powerful because so many factors, like you're saying, play into this of like we when we're interns, like it's so easy to feel like they said, like not like a real therapist or and then like being gaslit kind of by yourself, too, and by others, like like I'm saying like, oh, I, I'm a, I might be being dramatic, all of these things. Mm-hmm. And then to still look at that and say, no, if this is happening to me, it could potentially be impacting care with patients mm-hmm. and this is what I need to do. Like that is so powerful to face all of that and still move forward that I feel like I have to say I'm so proud of you. And like, I'm so impressed that you did that because again, anytime it can be difficult, but as an intern, so challenging to do, but necessary at the same time. Yeah. Thank you so much for saying that. I was really proud of myself too. Um, and I, I won't lie. I still had some of that guilt even after I turned it in, you know, Um, but I'm confident in that decision. I would do it again a million times over. Um, And yeah, like I said, I I feel good that I did all that I could by doing that. Um, And I can truly say that, you know, I'm an ally and do what I can for the people who I'm caring for. Speaking up is so hard because it puts you in the spotlight. Were you, did you have fears of any type of retaliation? Because yeah, what went through your head when speaking up and how it might come back to you? Because it's so, I can absolutely relate to, I speak up way too often sometimes and (laughs) it puts you in the line of fire sometimes and it's easier to stay silent, but that did not, it sounded like that was a betrayal to yourself at that point, right? You said, this is not my ethical code. I'm speaking up. Mm-hmm. This is what I stand for. But what, what were you fearful might happen to you? And did it happen? I was fearful that this person would know that I was the one who did. And frankly, they might know because I had to put, you know, uh, specific situations down. Um, and that they, you know, they've been in the field for a long time and, you know, within a city, I think that there's a lot of connections to other therapists and just like, is this person going to like sabotage my career? Are they, you know, going to come after me? Are they going to like, yell at me? I, I, you know, I, um, 
I just had all these, all these, you know, scenarios in my head that could have been really bad. Um, but none of that's happened, <laughs> um, which is good. Uh, yeah. So you were, you were fearful that the report would reflect poorly on you as a person. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it was. And I've never really thought of it that way, but that's exactly what it was. Like, you know, I'm reporting the person who was teaching me and brought me in and, you know, put me under their wing or however you want to say it, then I'm, you know, going behind their back and reporting them when I've never addressed it to them um, because I was afraid to. And also I really didn't see the outcome being like, oh, wow, thank you so much. You're right. I'll change because, you know, if you can't look at me in a meeting, um, you're not going to hear my feedback. So. Now, do you feel like it sounds like the liaison was very supportive? Were they, um, did they work for your school, the liaison, or was that with the hospital? I'm just curious about that piece. Yeah. So they work uh, for the grad school and they have, it's really great that they do that. Um, Each liaison has, I mean, maybe 10 interns and they're, you know, we check in every uh, quarter. So every 10 weeks, um, they're available whenever. So yeah, she worked for the school and um, she blacklisted that um, placement so no one else can go there, uh, which was also really relieving to me because I didn't want anyone else to go through what I went through because it was just, I mean, it was awful. So, And that's what I was wondering. It sounds like the school did have that set up to support you of like having a contact person. They had the policy to get you out of there, to kind of note it on that that is not a great placement for students. So I'm glad you also had that support because I feel like it in not every school has that and that there has been situations where other interns have situations and the school isn't very supportive. So it's awful that you went through this, but I'm really happy that the school was like, we're not accepting this for our students and our interns and that it's not okay. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I am too. And luckily that's not something the school, uh, the placement's not alerted to like, Hey, you've been blacklisted. It's just, they uh, like take them off the list. Um, And it was kind of funny because the person was like, Oh, you know, we, we put our listing up and we haven't had anyone like apply to the internship. I was like, Oh, wow. That's crazy. (laughs) Weird how that works. (laughs) (laughs) So Emily, what would you say to someone else if they were an intern and found themselves in a similar situation or they felt like they had a fear of speaking up or any of the things we've talked about today? What advice would you give them? Yes, I would say do it, you know, use your voice. Um, I know it's scary, but, you know, I'm as awful as that experience was. I'm happy that I had it. And when I did, um, so I'm aware of what the signs are and what it's like. So trust your gut. Um, don't question it and and reach out. I hope you have someone safe you can reach out to. Um, and just just do what you think is right. You know, just follow your gut and, and just do it. Report to whoever you need to and try to stop that in its tracks. Emily, thank you so much for sharing such a vulnerable story. I know that I got a lot out of it, and I'm sure our listeners do too. And uh, before we let you go, can you share uh, where we can find you if our listeners want to connect with you off the podcast? Yeah. So my Instagram is uh, Emily V Therapy. Emily V Therapy. And we will link that below. 
Cool. Thank you so much, Emily. Yeah, thank you. And that's it. The OG Bad Therapists, Allie and Catherine, are signing off for this week. Make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. We love the Bad Therapist community so much and want to continue normalizing real therapist experience. You can help us by leaving a five-star review or sharing this episode with a friend or colleague. Are you a bad therapist and want to be on the show? Go to abadtherapist.com and tell us your story. Our podcast is produced and edited by my amazing husband, Austin Joy. He also created the music for our intro and outro. You can find this song along with many others on any music platform under the artist Air for Effect. And if you're a bad therapist starting your own podcast, contact Austin for his full suite of podcast and sound production services. You can find him on Instagram at Air for Effect. And if you've experienced an actual bad therapist, contact your state health department or head over to stopbadtherapy.com for more information. And if you've liked this episode, we've got plenty more. Yeah, over 50 therapist stories ready for you to binge if you can't wait for our newest episode next Monday. 